Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at your sun and rising sign horoscopes for the month of September. Um, I am in a hotel room right now in Westminster, Colorado. I'm at the ESAR conference, uh, which is a big astrology conference that was, it was actually postponed for a long time because of COVID. So it's been really wonderful to be here, to meet people in person. I'm recording um, these uh, horoscopes for the upcoming month while I'm in the hotel room. So if my audio or video isn't uh, as good as it usually is, I apologize. I think the rest of the videos this week will be normal production value. Um, so uh, before we get into it today, we're going to take a look at your sun rising sign horoscopes, uh, focusing specifically on uh, a series of transits that are all happening across the Libra Aries axis or the Aries Libra axis. And so um, we're going to take that through and look at the um, look at that Aries Libra access and where that's showing up for each sun and rising sign. All right. Well, before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments, click the notification bell for updates. Um, you can always find a transcript of my daily talks on my website, nightlightastrology.com, where if you visit nightlightastrology.com, you can also learn more about the pre-registration sale that we're having, which uh, you have another but another week or two left in that sale. So we go to the website, see if I can take you over there right now. I'm on my laptop, so see how well I can, I can sort of do this, but here it is. So you'll find that the Roots and Spheres uh, program is starting in January. I'm really excited about this program. Over the course of the year, we'll be meeting before new and full moons to discuss the astrology of the month pairing the astrology of the month with different kinds of plant teachers that we'll be dieting and studying with. Uh, plant medicine is an amazing way to connect to the astrological energies of the month, and we'll be doing uh, transformational exercises that are designed to help you really deepen your spiritual life and create more of a spiritual connection to astrology overall. And uh, my wife Ashley is leading the herbal portion of the class. I'm leading the astrological portion. The idea is to be in community and to be transforming along with the astrology of the year with more intentionality. So I hope to see some of you there. There is a sale early bird rate. You get a couple hundred bucks off. There's a payment plan, tuition assistance. So be sure to check those things out. You got another week or so to sign up getting the discount. There's also a masterclass series. The masterclass series starts in February. It meets once quarterly, four different masterclasses, four classes each. So it's about uh, I guess, uh, 16 classes on the year. And uh, we're looking at the moon the moon phases, the moon cycle, cycles of Venus and Mercury, zodiacal releasing, and unlocking temperament and personality as masterclass topics for the year. Also, get a big discount when you sign up early uh, with the early bird rate. There's also tuition assistance for all of our programs if for any reason um, you are, uh, you know, struggling. So, okay. Let's go back here. So uh, yeah, so any questions that you have about those classes, by the way, feel free to email us, info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, well, before I run the horoscopes for the month, I want to take you through my thinking. Uh, these are the transits that stand out to me for the month ahead. And I feel like, you know, we ought to take a look at them first and you can just kind of understand my, my logic. So the gist of it is that 
you're going to see in particular a prolonged Mercury-Jupiter opposition. Now, this starts in right around September 2nd. And we're going to look at this for all signs, but here you can see it. Now, let's see if I can do, do, do. There we go. And, uh, oh, I'm having drawing my drawer is, whoops. Okay. Got all sorts of issues here. Okay. My, my pen is not working. So what I'm going to do instead is just kind of show you, you can see with the cursor there, here's Mercury in Libra. And across the wheel, we've got Jupiter in Aries. And the two of those planets are opposing one another right at the beginning of the month. But then I want you to watch what happens. As the month goes on and the two planets pass through the opposition, Mercury turns retrograde. As it turns retrograde, it's going to go back through the opposition to Jupiter. This opposition to Jupiter is thus in effect back and forth from the start of the month all the way until a late month, I mean, it's not crossing through until September 18th, 19th, it is Mercury crossing through the second opposition. Right as it does so, there's also this incredible moment where the Sun and Mercury are going to be Kazemi as the Sun on the fall equinox enters Libra, and then immediately the Sun starts opposing Jupiter in Aries. And then we have a new moon right around September uh, 25th, 26th, and that new moon is also opposing Jupiter and Aries. So there's a whole lot of action, in other words, in the month of September across the Libra-Aries axis. And that is what I want to spend time looking at today. So uh, in order to do that, what I'm going to do is I want to walk, because it's a sign axis Libra-Aries that's being highlighted with a whole bunch of oppositions between Mercury-Jupiter, the Sun, Jupiter, New Moon, Jupiter, etc. I want to walk you across it uh, based on uh, rising signs and the dyads of rising signs. So Aries-Libra. If you are either an Aries or Libra, Taurus-Scorpio, Gemini-Sag, Cancer-Cap, Leo-Aquarius, and Virgo Pisces. So I'm going to do them in pairs. And as I do them in pairs, I'm really just going to talk about the house uh, access that you'll find the oppositions across because that house access, the themes will be experienced in basically the same way. And it doesn't really matter that much considering this kind of horoscope of uh, monthly, just kind of like an overview based on your rising sign. It doesn't really matter if it's Aries in the first or Libra in the seventh, or if it's Taurus in the sixth, and uh, Scorpio in the 12th or vice versa. Um, so hang with me and just pay attention to uh, the dyad that includes your sun or rising sign. I always recommend your rising sign. So if you're an Aries sun or Libra sun or Aries rising or Libra rising, you're going to get this sequence of transits uh, across your first and seventh houses. Um, those houses are the houses of identity, body, dharma, and love or relationships or the ecstasy that comes when we lose ourselves in uh, some kind of union or uh, some kind of dynamic with someone or something other than our, our own self. I think that it's really interesting to consider that this month, if you're in Aries or Libra rising, may include mental conflict or verbal or communicative conflict, a conflict of values, a clash of ideologies or beliefs, a clash of political views, 
Um, there's also more broadly speaking, the potential for conflict this month when it comes to your inner life and trying to discern, you know, how to take care of myself uh, and how to give to the people that I'm closest with. It's, you know, age old teaching that everyone everywhere knows that it's hard to give much to someone else if you're not taking very good care of yourself. On the other hand, there are people in this world who will always say, you know, until I have enough, I can't give to others. You know, think about, for example, when it comes to um, like philanthropy or when it comes to uh, charity work or something like that. Well, once I have a lot of money, then I'll give something, you know, and, and often the real giving is not at all correlated to what you have or what you're in possession of in any material sense. It has to do with giving your time or your heart. It has to do with lending a, you know, just a listening ear or something. So I think there could be some pretty deep questions for Aries Libra rising this month when it comes to how much of myself am I making available? And can I do more? Can I offer more? And it may, I may never get to the point where I feel like I'm okay. And so I should be careful not being conditional with what I give to people thinking, well, I'll only give my heart or my soul or something that's real and authentic once I'm really squared away, but I'm never squared away. So that's something I would be really careful about. The other version, the other side of that would be if you're someone who tends to um, give everything in the hopes that by giving you'll get something or in that you give everything without boundaries and with a disregard for your own health or well-being. Um, I think it could go either way. And then generally, I would look to just needing to be compromising and a, a, um, so a balance of forthright and honest while also being uh, being a peacemaker and being someone who's eager to find creative solutions to conflicts with those that are in your life right now. So those are some thoughts that I have about the Aries Libra rising signs and the sequence of oppositions across the Aries Libra axis, which will land in your first and seventh house. For Taurus Scorpio, the energy of these oppositions will fall across your sixth and twelfth houses. So Mercury opposite Jupiter, the sun opposite Jupiter, the new moon opposite Jupiter, Mercury opposite Jupiter, again, through its retrograde, all of it. When you put it across the sixth and twelfth houses, you're putting this energy in houses that were associated with misfortune, conflict, alienation, being led astray by our, by confusion or doubt or uncertainty or pettiness, uh, hard work, labor, frustration, sickness, um, missing the mark somehow getting lost. So I would be especially careful as, you know, when you consider Mercury and Libra, especially opposite Jupiter and Aries, about how lost we allow ourselves to get in conflicts of the mind, of opinion, differences in value or approach. Uh, the key differences arising in your relationships right now are they're not, it's, it's something to be really careful about, to walk carefully around because the sixth and 12th house, things can escalate really quickly in those houses. And you can find yourself 
it's it's kind of like if you take a few steps off the trail in the dark, it might be hard to find the trail again. If you deviate too far from a place of friendliness with people that you're disagreeing with, you may find that it's really hard to make your way back to a peaceful resolution. Um, I would also, there are some things that are worth fighting for, some ideas or thoughts that are worth defending, but how you defend them will make the difference, all the difference. It will determine whether the way in which you talk about something that you're passionate about, or it'll, it'll determine whether or not the conflict leads to pain, frustration, and something that sidetracks you, or if it leads to, it can lead to a feeling of release or relief. There's just an incredible way in which transits across the sixth and the 12th house can be deeply healing and relieving if we take the right approach to oppositions across those houses. Uh, there are temptations that come up and it'll be like, look, look, it's not, it's not that the conflict itself is going to be a problem. It's how you handle it that will determine whether it's a problem. And if you handle it correctly, suddenly it's this feeling that I've been carrying a weight unnecessarily, or I'm letting go of something at last. And it's very relieving. So I would watch for those things. And I would also keep an open mind to alternative forms of healing or therapy or uh, anything that could cross your path that could be helping you lighten the load psychically. And it might be something that challenges you to think differently about a, a pain or a hurt that you're holding. Let's go to Gemini Sagittarius. If you're a Gemini or Sagittarius, this will fall across your fifth and 11th houses. So either way, this house access that you're going to see all of these oppositions across, it, these houses were considered very fortunate. You have a house that's associated with the joy or satisfaction of living creatively. Um, when you release creative energy into the world through doing anything, it could be something really small or simple, just like having fun rearranging a room or, or writing a book. I mean, it could be anything there is a really deep feeling of joy. Like, oh, I know why I'm here. I know I'm supposed to be here. You know, all those questions that we ask ourselves about why I'm here or why, what is the reason or meaning for my life are often completely meaningless when we're in a creative place and they, they lose, they lose their hold on us. Um, and by contrast, so the fifth house it has a lot to do with the, the need for creative release. The 11th house, on the other hand, has a lot to do with um, allies and friends. And when we find like-minded people and we join with them in anything, whether it's a religious or spiritual group or it's a professional guild of some kind, we join with like-minded people who have a similar creative process in mind or they're they're their values or their joys are somehow similar to our own. Uh, there's great release and happiness in joining with other like-minded souls. So it's interesting that we would see oppositions across this access, which to me speak to the need to speak can speak often oppositions across this access will speak to the need to 
um, discover what makes you happy in contrast to uh, what different groups you belong to are asking or even demanding of you. On the other hand, sometimes it's good to compromise or sacrifice something of our own personal creative interests for the sake of being a part of something. And there's quite a dialogue going on around those two places and areas of life this month if you're Gemini or Sagittarius rising. Conflicts of value, uh, what brings joy or happiness, what is held up as the highest ideal for society or human life or what is held up as the virtues most conducive to joy or happiness. Uh, might There might be concerns about morality or ethics, inclusivity, um, and also uh, questions about, you know, kind of getting, getting rooted in, in your own happiness or joy as opposed to, um, uh, you know, kind of, it's like a march to the beat of your own drum uh, theme in the fifth house sometimes. And, you know, the, the 11th is, do the people that you're with want you to be happy, really? And there should be some compromise on both sides. So I would look at these houses um, in, in either direction, if you're a Gemini or a Sagittarius, the tension is across this axis. All right, Cancer Capricorn. For Cancer Capricorn, the series of oppositions fall across your fourth and 10th houses if you're a Cancer or Capricorn Sun or Rising sign. So this is the in, inner world the anchor, the private base or root of the chart, and then the external world, the world of um, public or professional responsibilities or appearances and reputation. So the opposition here is interesting because there's some, but there's potential for there it to feel like there's an either or between the private sphere of life and the demands or expectations or needs or desires related to your family, your home, your private life, and those pressures that you might be feeling at work or in relation to your job or your sense of public responsibility or public image. Um, I wonder, for example, if there might be uh, conversations about, you know, the amount of time or energy or how you're prioritizing your private time versus your work time. Sometimes the private sphere of life can demand too much of us and we start falling behind at work and our performance lacks and our duty, our, our dharma or our calling is being neglected because we are too bound up in the dramas of, of home and family and we're, we are having a hard time sort of, you know, getting after it. On the other hand, sometimes, as a lot of people know, for most people, it's probably the opposite. You know, it's probably like work consumes too much of you. And are you taking care of your inner life, your pri the private sphere of life? Drama between, between the work or professional sphere, public arena of your life and the private family or home environment of your life will be the, the most prominent thing to, to watch for if you're Cancer or Capricorn uh, Ascendant. Now, um, the other thing that I would add to this is watch for different kinds of tensions uh, that could, like, how am I living and what do I believe in my private life? There, it shouldn't be like there's, I shouldn't feel like there's two 
completely different identities between work and home, between my inner and my outer life, between what I do for a living and how I really feel inside. There should be some bridges between the two that are easy to walk over. If we find that there's total dissonance between the two, then, you know, this month might, that the pressure may be getting to us and the need to reform or revise things so that our inner and outer lives have more in common or are getting along with one another better. That, that could be the work. All right, let's move on. Leo Aquarius. If you're a Leo ascendant or an Aquarius ascendant, this will fall across your third and ninth houses. Now you can do this for Leo or Aquarius sun as well. So that third and ninth house axis, so much about learning and the mind, the environment, the ninth house, you know, in a sense is the, is the very solar house. It was called the joy of the sun, the third house called the joy of the moon. If you think about these two houses in terms of intellectual or spiritual or philosophical paradigms, the ninth house seeks gnosis through studying scriptures, sacred systems of knowledge, science. The third house seeks out knowledge through the ecstasy of the, the feminine, you could say, comparatively. Experience itself, intuition, the wild, irrational way of knowing that arrives not through the logos, but through the experiential and through the embodied uh, world of relationships. And so there's a tension this month that's also happening for you if you're a Leo Aquarius. It's a dialogue about what kind of knowing is imp mo most important to you. There might be a competition between different ways of knowing, different uh, ways of understanding. There could be really strong ideological or philosophical or even religious or political conflicts this month, but I would watch for beneath it, um, what is at stake here? You know, if we're being way overly rational, intellectual, and we're not allowing a, a deeper embodied feminine way of knowing to participate in how we are working through conflicts or thinking through problems or making our opinions known to other people, then probably we'll, we'll hurt someone's feelings this month. Or you may find that you suffer loss of a friendship or uh, you, you might be misunderstood. Um, on the other hand, it could go the opposite direction. Sometimes chaos, you know, the chaos of the lunar mind, the potential for chaos there sometimes needs a higher order. It needs the logos of the sun to clarify and point it toward things that are firm and unchanging. And, you know, so this could be also a time where, you know, you're being asked basically to realize that there are truths larger than your own opinion or your own experience. And that, you know, the subject, you're not, you are a subjective center of value and meaning, but there are also, there's also objective truths that are larger than your experience and may challenge you to open your mind to things that go beyond what you feel or think personally. I could see this being a real back and forth though, and a lot like particular, and it also could be a thing that really inspires learning or education or getting really inspired about a topic or, you know, finding someone to study with that you like or something like that. 
So a lot of learning, I think, that could happen this month as well. So Leo Aquarius, that's what I've got for you. Last but not least, Virgo Pisces. So if you're Virgo rising or Pisces rising, this is going to fall across your second and eighth houses. Now, those are the houses that are associated with our, our values, resources, possessions, as well as those things that we owe to other people or that are owed to us from other people or other people's assets, resources, and possessions. When we have oppositions across this, especially ones that look like they, like Mercury, Jupiter, right? Across the Aries Libra axis. I wonder if there are deals being made or negotiations that you're in the process of around something that you're buying or selling. I wonder about significant back and forth around duties and responsibilities and relationships. Who's going to do what, who's going to pay for what, who owes something, who, who, uh, you know, the idea of debts being forgiven or conflicts around uh, money and resources, different ways of thinking about money and resources or different strategies of utilizing those resources or making investments, a different approach, different approaches to business or conflicts around money and business partnerships. Um, but there's a, a process of needing to compromise and work things out when it comes to uh you know, what I have and what you have and what is shared and what needs to remain apart, what is owed or what, how we are obligated to one another and how we must remain self-sufficient and independent of each other. There's a lot around that this month. If you're Virgo Pisces, that'll be taking place. And, you know, it could be something super mundane, like you're signing a lease for an apartment and just working out the details could be something more complex, like trying to figure out in a relationship where you're sharing finances for the first time, how you're going to split up the bills, especially when one partner makes more money than another. Stuff like that, that you could just, I, you could just feel the tension around it perhaps as the month goes on. But again, I think here the idea is tact, diplomacy, peacefulness, um, and, and also striking a balance between self-sufficiency and healthy forms of dependency or cooperation around our uh, resources. So Virgo Pisces, that's what I've got for you. All right, well, that's what I have for this month. Though To me, these are the themes that are shaping the month from beginning to end. Again, at the beginning of the month, it's Mercury opposite Jupiter. Then later in the month through the retrograde, it comes back. Then later it's a Kazemi, Mercury with the sun at early, on the fall equinox, right as the sun then goes to oppose Jupiter. And then we have a new moon in Libra opposite that Jupiter. So everything's moving across the month of September through Libra Aries and the opposition to Jupiter and Aries in particular. So I hope you found this useful. Don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments, click on the notification bell for updates. Really appreciate that. If you do that, take a minute to just leave a comment. It really helps the channel grow. So appreciate when you guys do that. Don't forget to check out the pre-registration sale for the two new classes on the website. We'd love to see some of you in the Roots and Spheres program, which begins in January. And uh, we will see you again tomorrow. Take it easy, everyone.